This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Afternoon. This is Front Row on the Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Cultural organisation Pusaka have a delightful December plan for us with two performances coming up. So on the third of December, they are presenting the Kompang Jawa Showcase in Kuala Lumpur, and then on the fifteenth of December, they are bringing us poet, guitarists, and soul rebels from the Southern Sahara Desert, Dinariwen, who are returning to Malaysia for a one-night-only concert. Pauline Fan, the creative director of Pusaka, is with me to tell us more about what's in store. Welcome, Pauline. How are you today? Hi, Juliet. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you too. Sorry, I'm not well, as you can hear, so I couldn't have you in the studio, but we will do that again some other time. So uh, again, as I mentioned, a busy December for you guys. Not that you guys are ever not busy. <laughs> just back from GTI Love, aren't you, Pauline? My goodness. Yes, just back. Literally um, was came straight back from GTLF into organising both this concert and our upcoming Kompang Jawa okay. workshop and performance. All right. Okay, let's talk about the Kompang Jawa first. Okay, so this was a, a, a part of a larger project, isn't it? It's called Revitalising the Rhythms of Kompang Teruntung and Hadaru in Sabah, Burnham. Can you tell me more about that? So um, the Kompang, what is known collectively as the Kompang Jawa tradition, actually um, constitutes two different styles of Kompang. Um, interrelated, but it's quite distinct. And they are the Kompang Teruntung um, and Kompang Hadaro. And as you can tell probably by the the terms, these traditions are actually rooted and originate in Java. Mm -hmm. They are practiced by communities of Javanese descent um, in Selangor, actually. Actually, these traditions are mostly practiced in Selangor and also in parts of Perak. But the community that we work with is in Sabah Bunam in Selangor, and it's a community of older masters and practitioners in the Sungai Kampung Sungai Ayetawa region of mm -hmm. Sabah Bunam. Okay. We've been working with them actually for quite some years, actually. So um, to when we first discovered them and we first approached them, they were actually very reluctant to continue in a serious way. They said that most of the young people in the communities have really fled and moved away for work or for study and settled down in the urban areas. And there's not much interest in continuing the tradition. And so they used to play just as a very casual gathering. Um, and they really thought that there was no interest on the outside. Mm. So it took a lot of talking to them and persuading them even to do a project with us. Um, over the years, we have done several projects with them now. And once they'd really committed to it, they managed to revitalize this tradition quite a bit, but it has to be an ongoing effort. Um, the practitioners and the masters of this community are all very old. They're all about in their 70s, 80s, and some of them are even in their 90s. Oh, wow. And, and I was yeah. reading you've lost a few as well, isn't it? We've already lost a few. That's right. Um, so I think we started working with them probably in 20, something like 2016 or 17. But in we submitted a proposal this year to Yaya San Hassana, who has this wonderful program called Arts Fuzz, which is also supported by the MOF, 
mm -hmm. collaboration with the MOF, uh, Ministry of Finance, that is. And it's a really wonderful program that allows um, cultural practitioners to do um, either a modest, modest to not so modest, either production or program. And we decided to focus on the Kompang uh, community because it is one of those communities that is facing serious cultural heritage loss. And because of the, not because of the masters are extremely committed, it's just that they are growing older and yeah. it is becoming harder and harder to pass down and to preserve that tradition because of that. Mm -hmm. And so, however, um, it's one of the communities we prioritize to do work with. And they are also just the loveliest people. I really, really adore and love this community. I, I love working with them. The music is also very rare. Um, we are so familiar with kompang as an art form and as a as a, the sound of the kompang, which is absolutely gorgeous and uh, stirring every time you hear it. But what we are used to hearing is the kompang melayu, which is four beat kompang. Mm. You hear at the weddings or the kanduri kawin, they have this, uh, or the... Uh, Manyambu VIP and all of <laughs> so that. Just thinking you hear, that. <laughs> you hear that, that 4B kompang, uh, which is striking in itself. But this form of kompang is very complex. And it's um, it has at least, I think, nine beats. The kompang tanuntung has nine beats and the kompang hadaro has at least five beats. And so, and they are layered. They are mm. interlocking, layered rhythms, actually, interlocking rhythms. Um, the kompang tanuntung has a, the instrumentation, it's a bit hard to describe, and actually you should all come to see it when we do the showcase and workshop sure. um, on Sunday, because it, it is based on the instrumentation of the gamelan. Oh, orchestra. Wow. okay. So even though it is a percussive, completely percussive, um, and it's a kompang ensemble, basically, so they have kompangs of different sizes. And because of the different sizes of kompang and the different um, way of playing it in terms of striking the drum, they produce different pitches in terms of tone and the way when they interlock, like a gamelan ensemble where you interlock the, the different percussive, but it's brass, right? Mm -hmm. So these are skin um, frame drums. Um, so, but they emulate that really melodic quality of the gamelan ensemble, and it is emulated in this trontong ensemble, the kompang ensemble. So it's a very interesting and very distinct quality of having a drum ensemble but with a very melodic quality to it. Wow. And they sing on top of that, they sing salawat. So they sing the salawat, um, which is based on the Kitab Barzanji, which is a book of praises um, from the 18th century, I believe, a book of praises to the Prophet Muhammad. And that uh, Kitab Barzanji became very popular, um, particularly in some of the Pesantren in uh, Java, and was one of the books that... Um, it's very often used in things like the maulid celebrations and ceremonies. It's very beautiful. It's all poetry, actually. It's just they are singing poetry in praise of the prophet, wow. singing about his life. Um, and so the entire quality of listening to this singing and this melodious drumming is so meditative and beautiful. And, and it is devotional. Um, however, it's not religious in that sense. It's a devotional practice um, that you can listen to and just feel completely elevated. And you, I think that comes across actually. Okay. Um, so what we are, what we are doing on Sunday is we are bringing these masters from Sabah Burnham to the go down in KL, the go down, um, which is this wonderful art center in KL. They, they are having their artisan market over the weekend. 
So on Sunday, we are bringing our Kompong Jawa masters to do a special workshop at 2.30 and also a short performance at 5 p.m. Nice. And so people are, it's all free for the public. Um, you can all come and you just need to sign up for the workshop. You can w- walk in as well, but it's just good to give us an estimate of how many people are coming. Um, please go to our Instagram page and you can sign up there. It's just info at busaka.org. You can just tell us you want to come, tell us how many people are coming. Um, but that is something I think very rare to experience, to really encounter and learn from these masters. And you wouldn't need any sort of like prior knowledge in terms of, you know, instruments or, you know, be able to play, right? It's just you can just come and try and, yeah. You can just come and try. And it will really be um, part of the intro- of the workshop will be an introduction to what the tradition is. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. To explain some of the looking at the different drums and the different rhythms, how each rhythm actually works. Um, and then practitioners, the workshop participants will have a chance to also try out those rhythms okay. with the practitioners. Okay, lovely. And how about for the performance? Do we need to sign up for that or that one just come along? Performance just come along. Okay. Just come along, just stay. And you know, enjoy the artisan market at the Godan as well. It's such a fun, lovely um, thing to to come and chill out at over the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So that's going on Saturday and Sunday, but we are, Pusaka will be there on Sunday. All right. And I just want to ask you about the project again. Yeah, I do I do know you also conducted an audiovisual documentation of it, right? And that's uh, in, that's got interviews you've got uh, with the master's practitioners. I think that happened last November. Am I correct? Um, yes. Is- no. Ac- so actually the, the project itself, you're right, the project itself. Um, so this showcase and workshop is actually the culmination of this project. It's been a three month project okay. started in September. So it's been September, October and November. Um, it encompasses a few things. So one is actually some training, training of um, people in the community itself, some young people and some not so young people necessarily, because to be honest, um, it's actually quite hard to find youth in that community because so many of them have moved away. Okay. Um, right. They don't stay there because they're, because they're relatively close to Sha'alam mm. or to KL. The reality is that many of these kampongs out in Sabah Bunam and places like that, many of the youth don't stay. So even if they're in, still in school, many of them go to an asrama or they go to, they just go away for study and then they stay away for work. And then they probably stay and get married somewhere, settle down. Um, so really many of the majority of people who are still living in those areas are older. Okay. And so we are trying to, of course, teach and spread this knowledge, but it is also among People who are not necessarily so young, although there are a few very young practitioners, uh, which is wonderful, so that they are also the people we really hope will carry on the tradition beyond the project. And, and of course, it needs a lot of effort even beyond this project because it needs constant mm. dedication of both the masters and the students and everybody involved. So the wonderful thing about this community is that they are all extremely dedicated. And so even, um, even beyond the scope of a, of a project, they will dedicate themselves. And, and I think that's why we also chose them, because we have the confidence that they, are, they take their own initiative as well. And, and there is real, um, I think there can be real kind of progress made in keeping this tradition alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, this community. Okay, and I think this is something, a form of uh, a performance that we've not quite seen in KL, right? Uh, you would say not yeah. often at all. Yeah. yeah, we brought them. We brought them once before to to perform in in publica. Mm-hmm. This is years ago. This is way before the pandemic, and probably 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, since then, actually, 
they've hardly been seen in KL. Okay, so really rare performance that we're going to be seeing uh, at the Go Down KL this Sunday. So again, as Pauline said, do sign up for the workshop if you'd like to. That's just, uh, just email them at info at pusaka.org. But the performance, just hit there. It's only half an hour, 5pm at the Go Down. But Pauline, another huge uh, project that you guys are working on, another huge performance coming up, Tinaruen. I know I'm not saying it as nicely as you do, but they are coming back to Malaysia. I think they've, they've come before an amazing group, uh, really, really wonderful history and story. You want to tell us about them? Yes. So um, Tina Riwan are the fathers of what has come to be known as the Sahara Blues Mm -hmm. or the Desert Blues. In their own uh, language and their own um, expression, they call it their genre, Asuf, which is kind of melancholy and longing. But the music that that they play is a complete blend of traditional Tuareg melodies and music mm-hmm. and very, very contemporary instrumentation with electric guitars um, and traditional percussion. And so they are a Grammy award winning band from the Sahara, um, Sahara Desert. And most of them are from northern the Mali area, the northern Mali mm-hmm. area, which is Sahara Desert. And of course, the Sahara expands over many, many borders. And so you'll find um, the same kind of Tuareg culture in also parts of Algeria, in parts of Morocco. Um, and in their worldview, that is actually their world. It's not a, a world that is that is defined, defined by nation yeah. states, the nation, nation state borders. So they speak their own language as well, Tamashek, and they, they sing in their own language as well. So all their songs are actually written and sung in Tamashek. Um, they are a global phenomenon. They are really, they've really taken the world by storm since the early days. And so they were founded in, if I'm not mistaken, 1979 by the great founder, Ibrahim um, Al-Habib, who is this beautiful, charismatic individual. And Tina Riwan has become, it's really a collective of musicians. So it's not always the same musicians in the collective all the time, but you've got these core members. And so um, Hassan, who is this wonderful, beautiful kind of lion figure, gorgeous um, older man who dances like a, like a, just like a spiritual vision. And then you have um, Abdallah, who is one of the also lead singers and lead guitarists and songwriters, uh, very charismatic as well. Those are um, the two of them and Ibrahim are like the core, the core members. And then you have this collective of, of slightly younger members as well. And it's really wonderful to see that interaction among the older generation of Tinariwan and the younger generation of Tinariwan and uh, Tuareg musicians. We did bring them for their first concert to KL in 2017. Mm. And this year, so of course, pandemic and everything, they were not, uh, they were very busy making music, but they weren't touring. And I think this year was the first time they really went on their world tour. They'd just done very successful tours in the US as well as in Europe. And they're now embarking on their Asian tour. I think they've just started their tour today, actually, in India. Um, So they contacted us and they said, oh, you know, we're coming to Asia. So would you like to bring us to KL? And of course we said yes, because we adore them. And they are just one of the most incredible, intense and breathtaking musical experiences, I think, that you could ever hope to see or experience. And um, I think they also resonate very powerfully with even the community here, the musical 
audience, but mm. also I think just the vibe of Malaysia. You know, I think they really enjoyed it here okay. and really loved having them here. So we're excited to welcome them back. Um, they will be playing at Geospace, which is a wonderful new concert space in Pataling Jaya okay. on the 15th of December, which is a Friday night. At The concert starts at 8.30. Um, tickets are for sale. Um, you can get them either at the Geo um, the Geospace ticket site or you can contact us again at info at busaka.org and just ask us. Um, also go to our, our Instagram pages. All the information is there. But please, whoever does have um, an opportunity and really wants to explore an incredible experience of music that you really won't find anywhere else, I really encourage you to come to this concert. It, it, it will be absolutely breathtaking. And the music I was reading, right, they said, um, you know, they are trying to express the pain of the, what they call Kel, Kel Tamashek people, so the people who speak yeah, Tamashek, right? People of Tamashek, yeah. And also sometimes you hear them, in fact, one of the, the terms that people used to call them was Kel Tinariwen, which means people of the desert. Mm. So Tinariwen itself is this, it identifies them of being from the desert, from the Sahara Desert. And they started playing music actually in refugee camps. And so... For the longest time, the Tuareg people, and this is important to know from, from their background, is that the Tuareg people were up in armed rebellion against um, some of the nation states yeah. that they belonged to, so like the Mali government, for example, who was, and of course, this is all disputes on territory, they feel neglected, and this has been ongoing for decades. And so actually, when they play their music, it is more than just... Um, an expression. It is also really reaching down into the spirit of freedom and the spirit of who they are and the the land and the and the their language. I mean, this is all reclaiming who they are in the most incredible way because they are very rooted in their traditions. Um, many of the song, in fact, the way they sing. If you listen to the way they sing, it is very much the structures of traditional music. Mm -hmm. So they have usually a call and response which is very common to and very universal to much traditional music around the world. So they still have that very, like Kawali, for example, or even, um, even the Salawat, you know, you hear that, the call and response. Um, and that's still the structure of Tinariwan songs. And so there's a lot that's familiar in their music. And then you have this incredible expression that is so poetic um, and uplifting at the same time, it can be very melancholic and also very exalted, is that, you can hear that there is this expression of their pain and of their of the history and of the the melancholy and longing sometimes separation also because many of them were separated from their homelands many of them took up arms actually some of them took up arms some of the members themselves took up arms and they met in refugee camps in libya and places like that you know mm. they started playing music for their people they started playing music around the campfires um the first guitar i think that ibrahim held and played was made he made it himself with scraps that he found in the in, in the, the camp. camp right yeah yeah and so i mean their stories and their music is incredible it comes from a very deep place and it comes from a very powerful place and you can hear it you can hear it in there even if you don't understand a word of tamashic and how many of us speak tamashic right but it doesn't matter because it is just that powerful and it transcends every language it transcends Every border, I think, you really do feel that this is a completely borderless music. Mm. And it's a music of our time. I think particularly now in this world, in, in this particular year, in this particular moment where the world is at war, I also think it's a very powerful thing 
to listen to because you are listening to a music of people who are fighting for their freedom as well. And and there are, I mean, of course, so much of the world is focusing on Gaza, mm-hmm. rightfully so, but there are also, there are so many other also um, freedom struggles everywhere in the world that also don't, we don't hear about, um, but are also still very real. You know, and I think that kind of also, not that you have to take up a political stance, but I think you need to perhaps just open yourself to to understanding some of that experience as some of what of where they're from. And and the best way, I mean, Tinariwan have become the, I think, the most powerful cultural ambassadors for their people because they speak of the realities of their people. They're not romanticizing who they are. I mean, of course, the Tuareg were always in the Orientalist view of the world. They are an incredible culture and with a beautiful, beautiful people. And the Orientalists always used to, to sort of um, depict them as these very exotic mm. um, indigo men, you know, because they have, they used to wear, or they still wear these gorgeous um, indigo robes. And sometimes the indigo would leave a stain ah, yes. on their skin. Yep, yep. And so they used to be called the blue men. Some of the Orientalists used to call them that in this very exotic way. But this is them speaking for themselves. And this is them singing about themselves and their own realities, their contemporary realities. Um, and it is it is very powerful. And it says a lot also about, I think, just the state of the world, the state of um, even the post-colonial world, which we are all a part of, where borders were drawn and not necessarily according to, to what people, the people living within those spaces um, mm. recognize, but according to some deal that the powers um, make amongst themselves. And and ordinary people and ordinary communities are torn uh, between those things. And, and very often one group of people, because of course there is sub-Saharan Africa and there is Saharan Africa, and a place like Mali has both in within their, their nation state borders. And of course then I mean, we experience similar things as well. Then one group of people is prioritized over another. And so there's all those layers of struggle within their story. And I think the music speaks of that. And it's amazing, right? Because uh, they've they've made it to the global stage. And because of that, they've also opened the doors to many other bands as well, I was reading, right? And uh, more yes, people yeah. are able to tell their own story, you know, not mm. through some exotic lens, as, we, as, as you mentioned no. earlier. Absolutely. It's actually their music has become a movement. You mm. find many, there are many groups now uh, from that Sahara region um, and some individuals, well, there's like Bombino, um, there's Imar Han, who is one of the younger ones. And and actually, um, Imar Han is particularly close to Tinariwan. They are based in Algeria, but they are um, also, they play this beautiful Asuf music with a slightly funkier vibe. Um, and actually, the special thing about this concert also is that the lead singer of Imar Han, um, Iyad Musa, or they call him Saddam as his nickname, uh, Iyad Musa is actually going to be on this concert. Oh, so wow. he is actually, because Ibrahim can't join this concert because of the conflict, the conflict actually has just flared up again in the Kidal region, and it's become extremely serious within the last couple of weeks. And so Ibrahim won't be joining, but Iyad Musa from Imar Han, who is actually the, he's a cousin or nephew of one of the members as well, and he's part of that Tenariwan collective. He will be on this tour. And and I think it will be spectacular to witness him um, as one of the younger voices of Tenariwan and the Asuf of the Sahara Desert 
um, in live in, in concert. There you go. I mean, two such rare performances that, you know, right here in KL. Uh, and again, as you mentioned, all the songs are sung in their native Tamashek language. But I think, you know, yeah, it's a universal language. Well, it's totally it? universal. It's yeah. completely universal. And I think, you know, we all pay, um, we pay a lot of money to go and see opera. And oh, yeah. we ask questions about it. And we don't understand. How many of us understand, yeah. you know, Italian or even the opera English, which is totally un- non-understandable. Unintelligible. <laughs> Intelligible. Or, you know, German of that register. I don't even understand Deutsch, <laughs> But, you yeah. know, yeah. but it's seen as high culture. Yeah. But in fact, when you listen to Kahwali also, I think we don't ask. And I would... I don't need to know every single word. I would love to, but we don't have to, to to experience the absolute beauty of the music and to feel the message that they're actually, um, that they're trying to get across because, mm-hmm. because so much of it is in the rhythm and it is in just the joy and the and the celebration of being together in, in a space. Yeah. And, and particular kinds of music, I think they are especially beautiful to experience live and to experience together in a community. And Tina Riemann is certainly one of those kinds of music because it is a, the music of the community. It's a music that was traditionally performed in around campfires in the Sahara. Mm. You know, and with people, everybody standing around, the entire village standing around. And so they are also happiest like that. And I think they really love that energy um, from the audience and they love connecting when they're on stage they really connect with their audience um, in a powerful way okay and and uh, you know the basically the the messages is um, I mean reconciliation dialogue you know things that we are very familiar yeah. with here as well Absolutely. in Malaysia Absolutely. so yeah okay all right so that's happening on the 15th as you mentioned and there is um, some regulars uh, some Pusaka regulars as well opening for them I understand yes. yeah yes very um, wonderfully we have the Shinarasa Urumi Melam Masanakali, our Urumi Melam drummers, who are, for those of you who have seen them in performance, they're absolutely spectacular, breathtaking. Um, they're doing a very quick opening, just a five, 10 minute opening, but they are, they always bring the house down. Definitely. Um, with their performance. And then we also have Nutting Rhapsody, who are an incredible avant garde music band from Sarawak. We've worked in them for many years as well. We really wanted to to showcase some of Malaysia's um, very, very talented and wonderful performers on that stage, that same stage with the Grammy award-winning Tina Rewan as well. And so I think it will be something that you really don't want to miss. Um, in fact, I think it's the best way to end your year to, if you want to treat yourself or you want to treat your friends, you want to treat even your staff or whoever to, to an incredible experience at the end of the year, I think please, please consider the Tinariwan concert because I, it will be an experience like no other. Okay. And and tickets, of course, are still available and prices range from 200 ringgit to 350 ringgit. So let me do the breakdown. So for the uh, Sahara, it's standing tickets at 200 ringgit. For the Dune, it's mezzanine standing at 250 ringgit. And for the seated uh, seating at the Oasis, that's 350 ringgit. Uh, but seats are assigned on a first-come, first-served basis. And as Pauline mentioned earlier, you can buy tickets at uh, geotix.asia. So that's J-I-O-T-I-X dot Asia. Uh, just search for Tinaruan. 
returns to Malaysia or get in touch with uh, the good folks at Pusaka as well, right? If you'd like to get those tickets. Absolutely. Okay, all right. And of course, just follow Pusaka on their social media uh, channels. So that's Instagram and Facebook. Or you can also head to their website. That's pusaka.org. Pauline, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. So again, you know, folks, remember two events coming up. One is this Sunday, December the 3rd. Uh, that's the Kompang Jawa Showcase in KL. And then Tinariwan in Kuala Lumpur. Tinariwan returns to Malaysia, sorry. That will be on the 15th at 8.30pm at Geospace Petaling Jaya. All information available at Pusaka's website or Pusaka's social media channels. My thanks again to my guests. I was speaking to Pauline Fan, the Creative Director of Pusaka. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash front dash row. You can also find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.